0: We're going to do is delve right into the Word of God here this evening. And I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12 once again. Hebrews chapter 12. And uh, we're going to uh, look again uh, in the life of Esau just a bit this evening, but uh, build upon that and give some application and uh, really looking at the danger of uh, losing the sight of faith or learning simply to walk by faith. And you'll see uh, this was a lot of the failure of Esau. He lost sight of some things. And as we look into the word of God, uh, so very crucial. Hebrews chapter 12, would you stand with me tonight and we'll read a portion here of God's word. Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to begin in verse number 12. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 12. lest there be any fornicator or profane person, as he saw, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. And I I do want to just point out here, when the Bible says, though he sought it carefully with tears, I I don't believe that uh, this is repentance. I, I believe that uh, he sought carefully that, that birthright, but he had already crossed the line, so to speak, and had given that birthright, and I, I believe that really the motive of seeking that birthright, there was a double portion uh, that went to the eldest, and he had given that, and, and so he sought it and uh, yet found no place uh, that he would gain that uh, back. Uh, we're going to, to just look at some more thoughts tonight uh, concerning Esau, and uh, really give us some warnings but some challenges this evening uh, that we would never lose sight of the lord and walk by faith so you go uh, go with me this evening let's join together let's pray ask the lord for his help and guidance this evening father we thank you this evening it's it's so good our hearts have been encouraged by the singing here and uh, just uh these songs that have uh, have just blessed us tonight and and Lord, just as, as we sang that you would abide with us and how very crucial that is that uh, we would simply have your presence each and every moment of our lives. And Lord, I ask here tonight and it's so important every time we gather together that we not take for granted uh, the opening of the word of God and the working of your spirit in our lives as you teach us and as you convict us and as you build character in us through your word, as you build faith. In our lives. And I pray that you would do that this evening. I pray this time would not be in vain, but it would be profitable, uh, and as you would work, e- eternal dividends in hearts and lives. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated this evening. And I, I want to just kind of pick up a, a few thoughts as to what we preached on Sunday morning and, and hear God in the life of Esau is giving, giving us a, an illustration of a man who fell short, really, of what he could have been uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we, we saw on Sunday that Esau was raised, uh, we would call it a Christian home, in the, the home of Isaac and, and Rebekah. Uh, we, we believe that Esau was taught the principles of Christianity. Uh, I believe that uh, Isaac uh, would have taught Esau and, and Jacob a vision for God's purpose for their family. And that vision was to bring the Messiah Into the world. And so Esau grew up with this understanding. I think also as we study the Word of God, Esau was probably a very talented, a very likable young man. Uh, He was a hunter. He was the favorite of his father. He was evidently very close to his father. And as the Bible says, his father loved his son's venison and uh, seems that they had a very close relationship. But as we study the Word of God, Esau fell short. He never accomplished what he could have been. I believe as we look at the Word of God in the context, he lost the sight of faith. And I I want you to go back to the faith chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, and uh, just get some of this context. In Hebrews 11, verse number 1, the Word of God tells us, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, but then we read the evidence of things not seen. And so true faith walks not by physical sight, but by the sight of faith through our spirit looking unto God. Verse number three, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And so we believe by faith, we look back and we believe that God made this world from nothing. He spoke this world into being and we have that spiritual sight in verse number 10, speaking of Abraham, uh, the word of God reads, He looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham was looking for something beyond this life. In verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having, noticed this, seen them afar off and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. In verse 16, But now they desire a better country, that is, in heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He hath prepared for them a city, and they're, like Abraham, looking for a city, whose builder and maker is God. Verse 27, In the life of Moses, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured, and here is the sight of faith, as seeing him who is invisible. And so as we read through the faith chapter, it's, it's evident that faith sees what others cannot see. Uh, faith sees beyond the temporal. Faith sees into the eternal. Faith sees into the spiritual realm. And Esau lost that sight of faith. Uh, We go to chapter 12 in this context, in verse number 2, and here's the sight of faith. In verse 2 of chapter 12, looking unto Jesus, uh, our eyes upon Him, we see Jesus looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And in verse number 15, looking diligently. And again, we're looking unto Jesus. These are the eyes of faith. And, and so it seems evident in the context that Esau got his eyes off of Jesus. And the result is that he became discouraged. In verse number 12, the warning is, lift up the hands which hang down in the feeble knees. If you get your eyes off of Jesus, it will not be long until you get discouraged. And we read in Genesis 25, in the life of Esau, verses 29 and 30, And Jacob saw pottage, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And then Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Uh, Therefore was his name called Edom. And then verse 32 of that chapter, And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do for me? Uh, Verse 34, Thus Esau despised his birthright. So very clear that Esau was discouraged. He got his eyes off of Jesus, off of that vision, no longer walking by faith, did not walk by faith, begins to walk by physical sight. And so discouragement. As a result of discouragement, in verse 13 of Hebrews 12, He was sidetracked. And make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. He got off the course that God had intended him. And in his discouragement, he thought a bowl of soup was more important than the birthright. He traded the eternal for the temporal, like the little boy that chose the nickel. You've heard the little boy, chose the nickel over the dime because the nickel looked bigger. So he thought the nickel was more valuable. And so when you get your eyes off uh, of Jesus, you become discouraged, you'll get sidetracked, and you'll soon think that the value of this world is more valuable uh, than the values of eternity and the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what happened in the life of Esau. And then as we dealt with on Sunday, he got bitter in verse 15. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. And he goes into verse 16, the life of Esau. Bitterness is a hard taskmaster. And so evidently, uh, Esau's bitter at God, he's bitter at people, bitter at his parents, and his bitterness led to wrong choices and to sinful choices and bitterness will always do that it'll lead you into a path away from the Lord into discouragement and away from the principles and and get you off course in the race that God has has intended for you now Esau tonight stands as an illustration and a warning warning to all of us we're to walk by faith and not by sight And I want to give some little principles here tonight that hopefully will be of of help to us this evening. If we're to walk by faith and not by sight. And and let me state first of all, uh, keep your spiritual eyes focused upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we mentioned that Esau somehow got his eyes off of the Lord, off of the Messiah, off of the plan of God. Again Hebrews 12 verse number 2, as we walk through this world looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. This is one of the most important truths in the book of Hebrews. As we journey through this life, as we run our race, our eyes must be on the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan will do all he can to get your eyes off of Jesus Christ. He'll use the circumstances to get your eyes off of the Lord. He could even use an election to get your eyes off of the Lord. Uh, Maybe some disappointments or difficulties like uh, perhaps Esau would go through. And we talked on Sunday about the fact that there was a favoritism in the home of Esau. Uh, uh, Satan will use people, Esau's mother favoring Jacob, and people are going to fail you. People are going to let you down. As a preacher, I'm going to fail you. Uh, People will say things that they should not do. They will do things that they should not do, and they're going to disappoint you. And by the way, you're going to say some things that you should not say. You're going to do some things that you should not do, and uh, you're going to disappoint others, and you're going to disappoint yourself at some point along the way. And Satan is going to use those people, those circumstances, the storms of life, the disappointments of life, the difficulties of life uh, to get your eyes off of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we look in the life of Peter and you know the story of Peter walking on the water. The Lord bid him to come to him on the water. Peter begins to walk on the water. He's walking by faith because his eyes are upon the Lord Jesus Christ. He's walking in the will of God. But Peter got his eyes off of the Lord and onto the stormy water, onto the waves, onto the difficulties, onto the circumstances, and he began to sink. And it's evident that Esau, somewhere along the way, got his eyes off of this purpose, off of God in his life. Such an important truth and such a key to success in your life. You see, if you can gain this this one principle, if you can gain this, this truth in your life, Uh, Your eyes focused upon Jesus Christ. Uh, I love 2 Chronicles 20. I mention it so often. God has used it in my life over and over. uh, Where Jehoshaphat uh, is uh, attacked by enemies, the Moabites, the Ammonites. A vast army too large for Jehoshaphat and for Judah. Uh, Jehoshaphat feared he set himself to seek the face of the Lord he asked the Lord of help and in the midst of his prayer uh, the Bible says in 2nd in Chronicles chapter 20 verse number 12 uh, he says neither know we what to do but our eyes are upon thee uh, what Jehoshaphat says is Lord the battle is too big for us but my eyes are not on the battle my eyes are not on the Ammonites and the Boabites. My eyes are not on people that have failed. My eyes, Lord, are on you. I don't know what to do, but Lord, I'm looking to you. And that's a truth that over and over, I believe, is illustrated for us in the book of Hebrews. And this is what it means to walk by faith. Uh, see, Moses, again, saw him who is invisible. He walked by faith. Moses had his eyes fixed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Not upon the people that murmured. Not upon the people that complained. uh, Not upon the circumstances in the wilderness with no food or no water. Moses fixed his eyes upon the Lord and saw the invisible God. And that is such a key in our life if we are to succeed. Esau lost sight of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in our journey in this life, keep your spiritual eyes focused upon Jesus now secondly in this journey of life keep your spiritual eyes focused on God's purpose in discipline and when we look at the context of Hebrews chapter 12 uh, we see that God loves his children and that he loves his children enough to discipline them and that every one of his children will face his discipline But He does so for a purpose, and the Bible tells us in verse number 10, for our profit, it's for our good. Verse number 11, the purpose of the discipline is to produce the peaceable fruit of righteousness to them that are exercised thereby. We dealt with this on Sunday just a bit, but life is not always fair, and life is very rarely easy, and it is never without difficulties. Uh, again, the race that you have to run is different than the race that anybody else will run. But in your race, there are difficulties. In your race, there are trials. In your race, there will be hardships. Uh, we saw in the life of Esau, he grew up in a home, though a Christian home, there was favoritism in the home. Uh, Esau did not have perfect parents. Uh, how many of you had perfect parents uh, other than my children? Okay. Uh, none, of, none of you had perfect parents. And all of you had children are, are parents that, that failed. All of you had children that uh, are parents that uh, at some point will let you down. Uh, you'll have parents that make mistakes. Uh, you'll have a preacher that is going to make mistakes. You're going to have a preacher that's going to let you down. And every person can find something in your life that is unfair. Okay, I I have trouble with uh, this mentality today that uh, all of your problems are somebody else's fault. Uh, See, we're living in a day when nobody takes responsibility for their own lives. Uh, Somebody hurts you. Somebody will betray your trust. Somebody maybe says something about you that hurts and pierces and maybe something bad about you or something bad to you or somebody abused you or maybe your home was not ideal or of course your church is not ideal and you're going to face those problems and difficulties in life. And our response to the difficulty is the key. How do you respond? The wrong response in verse 5 of Hebrews 12, you can despise uh, the chastening. You can faint when you're disciplined. In verse number 9, rather than submitting to the discipline of God and gaining from it, you can rebel. Uh, The wrong response would be to murmur. The wrong response would be to gripe and complain. Uh, The wrong response would be to talk negatively of somebody else. The wrong response would be to gossip Uh, That would be the wrong response. Uh, The wrong response would be to blame others for your issues or for your problems. Uh, The right response is simply to trust God. Uh, The life of Joseph, I love that uh, the life of both Joseph and Daniel. These are two pure men in the Word of God. We know that they're sinners. But in the record of God's Word, uh, here are two men that face tremendous difficulty. Uh, Joseph sold into slavery, falsely accused. But you never read of bitterness in the life of Joseph. You always read of Joseph trusting in the Lord. In the life of Daniel, his nation decimated. His people taken captive. Daniel taken away from his home, probably family murdered. Never do you read of bitterness in the life of Daniel. What you read of Daniel is that he walked by faith. He had an excellent spirit. There was an excellent spirit found in him because he trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is such a a key to our life, Uh, just understanding God loves you. God has your good in mind. God is always God. He's always right. He's never going to give you more than you can bear. And so keep your spiritual eyes focused on God's purpose in the discipline. It's evident that Esau got bitter. He got his eyes off of God's purpose in the discipline. Number three. This is so important. Keep your spiritual eyes focused on God's plan for your life. See, God has a race for you. He has a plan for your life. He has a plan for each of us. Esau was the son of Isaac. He's the grandson of Abraham. That lineage included the birthright, the promised land of Canaan, the promised seed of the Lord Jesus Christ, the promised Messiah. Esau was in the rightful position as the firstborn uh, to inherit that promise, to be the heir to those promises. And what a plan. What a purpose as you think about that for life. That purpose, that plan uh, to be involved in bringing the Messiah into the world. That purpose of having a land for your people. That purpose of having uh, God use your posterity and And so, as you look at this humanly, from a human standpoint, as the firstborn, Esau was in line for all of that. But he lost sight of God's plan. And he focused on his own plan. And he gave it up all for very little, for a bowl of soup. So many lose sight of God's plan. See, in the midst of discouragement... We think God's through with us. Or in the midst of discipline, we, we wonder where, where the Lord has gone. And we lose sight of the fact that God has a plan. And we know in God's plan, it's His desire for each and every one to be saved. But multitudes go through this life and never know that plan of God for their life. They never know of the new birth. They never surrender to get that plan of God. And then beyond the the new birth, there's the desire for each and every one of us to love Him, to serve Him, to walk with Him, to be the light and salt of the world. And so many of God's children hide that light under a bushel or they lose their saltiness and they have no effect in a lost and dying world. And I I think one problem we're having across America today is is a lot of God's children have lost that saltiness. We've lost that savor and the world around us no longer respects Christianity. And yet it's God's plan for us to be salty. It's God's plan for us to shine as a bright and shining light in a dark world. And I've stated this, and I think it's never before we need to hear this. This is Kipling's statement and uh, said, if you can keep your head when others all about you are losing theirs, you'll be a man. And I think it's never before God's children today need to learn to keep their heads And we've got to learn to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and be a bright and shining light in a dark and dying world. And so here is God's plan. Many, like Esau, lose sight of that plan, lose sight of that purpose and begin to focus on their own plan, to begin to live selfishly, neglect their soul, neglect the purpose. They live for a bowl of soup. They live to fulfill the flesh. They live to gain worldly wealth or worldly fame. They learned to serve their fleshly sexual appetites. And as in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, they began to live their lives for wood, hay, and stubble instead of for gold and silver and precious things and sowing for the Lord Jesus Christ. So keep your eyes focused on God's plan. And then number four, keep your spiritual eyes focused on God's power and God's grace Uh, Hebrews 12 verse 15 such a key verse looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled Uh, make this very clear God's grace never fails Uh, if somebody fails it's not because God's grace fails his grace never fails His grace is always sufficient. His grace is always available. But we can fail to appropriate God's grace through faith, through humility. See, it's not that God fails. His grace never fails, but we fail to make use of the grace of God. And very clearly, Esau failed of the grace of God. Uh, the things that Esau would bear, the things that Esau would endure, there was grace. But Esau failed of the grace of God. Uh, God offers grace to help in time of need. There's grace for every trial that you face. Paul's thorn in the flesh. He prayed three times that God would remove it. God said, no, Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee. Paul, I'm not going to take the thorn from you, but what I'm going to do is give you the grace to endure the thorn, or the grace to grow through, grow through the thorn, the grace to be humble in the midst of the thorn. There's grace for every temptation. I uh, heard a, a, a story today just bless my heart, a young man that I know, and uh, he was working a job, and At this job, there was a a young lady that worked the job, and this young man worked the job, and it happened to be on this one particular night that they uh, were in charge. They had to close up, and and so they turned the lights on, and this young lady cornered the young man and said, we can do some things now nobody will ever know. And this young man looked at the young lady and said, When I was a teenager, I made a decision as a young man, and I made a decision that I was going to be a pure vessel for the Lord Jesus Christ. And like Joseph, he rejected the temptation. That's God's grace. And God gives grace for whatever the temptation that you deal with or the temptation that you face in your life, there's the grace of God. And you need not to yield to that temptation. There is no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. You can endure the temptation by the grace of God. There's grace for every situation. Uh, Esau, uh, not one of the favorites of his mother, but God offered him grace for that. Esau, tired of and weary coming in from that hunting trip, faint after hunting, God would have offered to him the grace had he looked to that grace to say no to that temptation and to endure and to do what was right. There was grace, but Esau failed of the grace of God. You know, I'm thoroughly convinced because God's grace never fails. There's not one person that will have an excuse for not being saved. Not one person. Every person in hell Uh, We'll have to give an account somewhere along the line they failed or missed out on God's grace. Not because God's grace wasn't sufficient, but because God's grace was not adhered to or humbled to find. Uh, So there's nobody that will have an excuse. There's not a, a single Christian that can blame God for failing in your Christian life. There's not a single Christian that can fail or or blame God because you did not discover God's purpose for you or because you would go through your life and never know the will of God in your race of life. Uh, That is not God's fault. God gives the grace and that grace is available if we will humble ourselves. And we need to keep our eyes focused on God's provision of His grace, His power, His grace in our lives. Let me give you a a final thought I think is so crucial this evening. Uh, Keep your spiritual eyes focused on God's place in eternity. See, Esau lost sight of the eternal and of eternal values. Uh, He lost sight of heaven. Uh, That's always dangerous to lose sight of the finish line, to lose sight of heaven. In our race, we're pressing toward the finish line. And that finish line is, is not there until the Lord's trumpet sounds or until the Lord calls us home. Uh, one thing our track coach emphasized to us over and over and over again... As you are running the race, you keep your eyes on the finish line, and don't you ever get sidetracked by what's going on around you, or if you happen to be ahead in the race, don't look back and see what's behind you. You look forward to that finish line. You forget, the Bible says, forgetting those things which are behind and looking forward to those things which are ahead. I was running a race one time, and, and it was an 800 meters, and as we're running this race, I knew that the guy that. I was running against had a a tremendous kick in all of his races he would that last hundred yards he was a speedster and he would he would uh, he would that last hundred yards there was nobody faster than him and his my coach told me he said this guy if he is tired at the end of the race he won't be able to kick and I want you to go out I want you to set a fast pace and as we went out on that race this guy running right beside me looks at me and he says let's slow down I, that was his word. Let's slow down. And I just said to him, go ahead. And you, know, I, you cannot be sidetracked. You can't be misfocused in the midst of it. You have to keep your eyes focused on the intent, on the finish line. And that's what the Lord tells us as we run this race. Esau lost sight of heaven. And he was sidetracked by the bowl of soup and the things of this life. Became a profane person and the fornication and married contrary to the will of his parents and contrary to the will of God. Again, in this light, there's one dot on an eternal circle. And we're living in this dot, not for that dot, but for eternity. Esau sold his birthright, forgot that which was eternal, and lived for the temporal. Now, the book of Hebrews chapter 12, Uh, puts great emphasis upon this. I believe in the context, if we understand this, it's hard for us to grasp. But uh, just to explain this, many Jewish Christians had trouble leaving the system of Judaism. The temple worship, the temple blood sacrifices, uh, they had trouble leaving this. Not long after the letter of Hebrews, uh, the Roman armies marched against Jerusalem. They desecrated that temple in 70 A.D., And the letter to the Hebrews, Christians, is telling them to get their eyes off of those temporal systems of worship and onto the eternal. They're coming to an end. And Christians should focus on the eternal. Now, look with me in Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at verse number 22. And you can see this focus on the eternal. But you are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. And to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. He speaks of this eternal destination. Uh, We're to leave the old covenant behind. We're no longer to live for the soup of this world. We're not to live for the riches and fame and pleasure of this world. We're to live for eternity. That's the message here of the book of Hebrews. Uh, Let me prove this. Look back to the life of Abraham. We read this a moment ago in Hebrews 11, verse number 9. By faith of Abraham, he sojourned in the land of promises in a strange country, Dwelling in tabernacles because he did not own that land. With Isaac and Jacob the ears with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. See, the picture is this. As Abraham journeyed through this life, he had his eyes not focused on the temporal, on the bowl of soup of this world. He had his eyes focused on eternity, on the city of God, on heaven. And that's what the Bible is expressing, is we're to keep our eyes upon God's place in eternity, upon the eternal values. If we could only see through eyes of faith how beautiful heaven would be, uh, it would make it worth it all. We're going to see Jesus. And it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. When we cross that finish line and hear those words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You'll be glad that you did not sell out for a bowl of soup. You'll be glad that you did not give your heart to that young lady like Joseph who rejected Potiphar's wife. You'll be glad that you remained pure for the Lord. You'll be glad that you lived a holy life for Jesus Christ. You'll be glad that you did not get caught up in the cares of this world and began to live for this life instead of for eternity. It will be worth it all just to see Jesus Christ. Esau couldn't see eternity. He saw only this life. And he traded his soul for so little. And after he ate the bowl of soup, he got hungry again. And lost that which would never fade away. That which would never end. So keep your spiritual eyes focused on Jesus. Keep your spiritual eyes focused on God's purpose and discipline. On God's plan for your life. On God's power and grace for the trials you face and on God's place in eternity. and That'll keep you encouraged when the, when the, rough, uh, when the path gets rough and a little bit discouraging. Walking the straight path, never sidetracked, never bitter. Instead, growing holy and growing faithful and growing fruitful for the Lord Jesus Christ, pressing forward in your race. And again, it will be worth it. And you see Jesus. I had not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things that God had prepared for them that love him. That which God offers to you in eternity is far more precious and beautiful than anything you could gain in this life. There's no riches, no, no amount of wealth or treasure in this life, no power in this life, no fame that this world could offer you. Uh, No pleasure this world could give that will even compare to what eternity will bring for those that love Jesus. Let's bow our heads tonight. Every head bowed.